0: Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. I'm Kim, Compulsive Overeater. I have to say there are some people... In this meeting I haven't seen in a long time and it is so nice to see you. Um, I would love to give you hugs in person at some point. Um, let's see, and Lori, thank you so much for asking me to share. It's, I'm, um, I'm 35 weeks pregnant and it's I'm, this is our second child. And one of the things that I'm remembering about newborns is like sleep begets sleep. the more they sleep, like the more likely they are. And I just had that feeling about recovery this week. I, Lori asked me to speak and it got me to a meeting last night and a meeting earlier in the week. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for that. That's how it works for me. Like the more I do, the more willing I feel, the more ease I feel with my food and the more connected to my higher power. So, um, I'm, I'm grateful for that. So I guess I'll just qualify. I have been in the program since April of 2008. Um, I have experienced imperfect one day at a time abstinence since December of 2010. And I've had a sponsor that whole time. I go to meetings uh, regularly still, I love them. <laughs> I can't wait to go back in person I am so grateful for Zoom, but I really miss being with you all in the same room. For me, meetings are like a real chance for me just to rest. Well, first of all, there are chance there, I'm not eating <laughs> during the meeting. So that's, that's a good thing. And um, it's, it's just a chance for me to like settle into my body, to hear my higher power, to hear all of you. And, and like I said, and I can be a compulsive doer And I think back into some of the reasons that I've been a binger and, you know, food was a way that I checked out and food is a way that I rested because I wasn't sure how to let myself do that on my own. Um, So, yeah, so I would say my top weight is 165. My weight prior to pregnancy was between 135 and 138. Just to throw out numbers, I will say I am 170 now. So I am larger than I was when I was at my top weight, which is like, you know, a day at a time I'm, um, I'm feeling good and I'm in the healthy range, but it's, it's hard sometimes to see that number. Um, so I'll just say that. Um, so let's see. So what it was like is I really became, um, so I'm a binger and it really started for me in high school around the time that I was, um, I mean, I, I would say that I had, um, I turned to food before that, you know, I would always like, can we mention foods in this meeting, by the way we can. So I'm a big pastry flour, sugar combo. Like that's my thing. And, um, muffins and cinnamon rolls. And like, we would have them in the house, And it would never, for me, it would never be just one. Like the four Sara Lee cinnamon rolls, it was like Kim would have all of them. But I was really active as a kid. And so I think, you know, even if I ate more, I eat less of something else and it just kind of worked itself out. But my junior year of high school, I did not make the basketball team and so didn't do a sport that season. And it came time to apply to colleges and I felt a lot of pressure from my parents and didn't know how to reconcile like what I wanted for myself and what they wanted for me. And food just became like a way that I dealt with that. Um, they would get bagels. They, you know, we'd get a dozen bagels and six of them would be gone by the next morning. And my parents were kind of oblivious, you know, they just didn't notice. And it just became a thing that I did and it became like a cycle that never ended. Um, and I started to make decisions around food, like going places, So I got into college, but I deferred for a year and I moved to Africa between the end of my senior year and my freshman year of college. And I was extremely interested in the culture. There was a program that I wanted to participate in, but I also thought if I go there, I will lose weight because I'm living with a family. There's no refrigerator, there's no running water, there's no electricity. So I'll go there, I'll lose weight, come back, and then my life can begin. Um, I lived at a Buddhist temple for the same reason. I moved there. I'll learn to meditate, I'll lose weight, then I'll come back and then my life can begin. So my my externally, like I was doing fine, but I was really suffering inside because it just felt like I kept having to go somewhere else and do something else to like lose the obsession that I never lost. Um, I had a blind roommate in college. I stole food from her. Um, how I thought that, I mean, she didn't see me, but clearly she heard me. <laughs> we were in the same room and, you know, uh, I just... It just did crazy things with food. Um, and I tried everything. five minutes. That's five minutes. Okay. okay. So I, you know, cabbage soup, Weight Watchers, tried everything. Um, and never, even if I did lose weight, which I did when I went to some of those places, I always gained it back and more. So I was on vacation in Hawaii in 2008 and met, um, met someone in a dance class who I started dating. And he was in AA. And I had never heard of the 12 steps. There are people in my family who are addicts, but none of them have participated in recovery, but I went to meetings with him. I was interested in him. So I kind of did what he did and I went to meetings and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't experience this with alcohol, but if I use the word food, this is exactly like how I would feel. And I just... I felt so much peace in those meetings, and I loved that people laughed, and that they cried, and that they held hands afterwards. And, you know, interestingly, he had a problem with sugar, so that first introduced me to that concept. And um, so I came back from that vacation, looked up OA, which he also went to in San Francisco, and went to my first meeting. And um, I, you know, I did the checklist. And I answered yes to everything, and um, and I just cried and i st- i cry a lot in these meetings i mean i was so nice there are few, few people in this meeting who know who've known me for the whole time but know that that's you know these meetings like open me up to my experience and let me experience it and share it in a way that um i wasn't able to do before and it's really helps me move through my feelings and not to eat over them so i went to my first meeting and i just knew i was like oh my gosh i yeah this is exactly where i need to be but i couldn't stop binging for the first two and a half years that I came here. I loved meetings. I had service positions. I had a sponsor. I tried so many food plans. I called people, I weighed and measured, no sugar, no flour. I, you know, and I just couldn't, I, sometimes I would eat after a meeting. Sometimes I'd meet before eat before a meeting. Um, I just didn't, I didn't, anyway, I just didn't have more. It couldn't get more than 30 days but I felt very willing to keep coming back because of like the relief that I felt in the rooms. So um, I would say one of the things that also helped me to keep coming back in the beginning, because even though I felt a part of the group, I felt separate because I didn't really know what was going on. And it seemed like everyone knew each other and knew the language and knew what to do. So that person that I was dating recommended that I get a service position. And that was extremely, he recommended that I had a service position, And then I read the third step prayer every day. And I was totally willing to do that. And so I set up meetings at a San Francisco meeting on Sunday night, set up the chairs, six o'clock Sunday night meeting. And my whole day oriented around that meeting and being worried that I wouldn't get there on time or worried that I wouldn't do it right. But I got there and, you know, lo and behold, like showing up every week, I started to feel part of the group and I started to speak. So I didn't speak for a long time in meetings um, and in talk. Um, So those two things really made a difference for me, um, reading the prayer and and service. Um, I worked the steps while I was still binging. And it was when I got to step six and seven that I first experienced my relief that I am still... where I experienced the abstinence that I'm experiencing today. And I've shared about this before, but I wrote basically a God dialogue to my higher power. And I just said, I, what do you want me to do with food? I feel like I've tried everything to stop this and I don't know what else to try, you know, and my higher power responded and said, well, what are you willing to try today? And my response was I'm willing not to eat sugar. And that was it. It wasn't how many meals it was not how much You know, and that really gave me permission to do something that worked for me. And that's something that I've really found has been an important part of this program is like honoring what's true for me and my experience with food. It's so important to collect others' ideas and suggestions, but then I need to experiment with them to discover what's true for me. My sponsor and I have an extremely different food plan. We can both be abstinent you know, in this program. And I didn't know that for a long time. I didn't know that I could do it in a way that worked for me and in a gentle way. Um, I'm also, as much as I'm a binger, I'm also a restrictor. So, you know, um, it's important for me in my food plan to have some gentleness and have some choices around what my food looks like. So my abstinence started with no sugar and it's changed since then. Um, but I have discovered kind of like what works well for me. The other thing I'll say is I did not experience physical recovery for like seven years, you know, into the program. I was not binging, but I work at a workplace that provides meals and I had a really hard time navigating lunch. It was, it's basically like an open buffet. Okay. And my sponsor and I talked about a lot and he said, Um, I I think it might, I'm going to make a suggestion that you bring your own lunch to work. And I was like, are you, are you effing kidding me? Like it's part of my compensation. I'm not bringing my lunch to work. And, and then I became willing to do it because it was just, it was, it was such a struggle for me to know if I was getting enough, if I was eating too much. And I brought my lunch to work and it gave me so much relief. I knew I had enough food. I knew I had something that worked for me. And I experienced physical recovery for the first time. And I should say, before I came into program, the number that I had in my mind is 140. It was like, if I get to 140, then my life can start. Then I can dance and paint and play the guitar and do all the things that I want to do once I get to that number. Um, And, you know, when I started to take my own food to work, I actually got below 140 and you, things changed in my life, but it's not like my miraculously my life changed because I was below 140. So, anyway, um, what I'll say so, but that was really significant. And to be at a weight and to stay at the same weight was something like I had never experienced. So, I shared with you that my top weight was 30 pounds heavier, but I've also gained and lost the same 10 pounds like a million times, you know? Um, and so to have my weight fluctuate between like one 135 and 138 is like a complete miracle to have a baby and to go back to that weight without doing anything differently is a miracle. I go on vacation. I don't diet before vacation. I don't diet. When I come back, I don't eat differently for holidays. Um, I just, um, I do my program, you know, I eat three meals a day with two optional snacks. I do my step work. I connect with my higher power in the morning. I make phone calls, like all the stuff that I did in the beginning really, really still works for me and really helps me to stay connected. Um, so what I'll say is that, um, I am. I'm three pounds heavier at this stage of my pregnancy than I was last time. And I feel 30 pounds heavier, you know? So my disease is one of like body dysmorphia. I feel absolutely huge. I feel, um, and the truth is I'm not, you know, uh, but I really had to like work with my sponsor about that and let go of the weight gain and let go of the number. And I will say too, that I realized because of COVID and other things, I have very few pictures of me pregnant right now. And so I've actually booked a photo session with my family, with my partner and my daughter next weekend, because I don't want this. I don't want this moment to pass without having, I mean, it looks like a cheap thing, but without capturing it. And that's for me, like an example of my recovery of like, who gosh, I'm struggling with my weight. I don't know how I look. And I accept myself as I am. And I want to celebrate where we are. Um, I am, my last day of work is next Tuesday. I want to submit myself for a promotion before I go. This program has really helped me to break those big things down where in my mind, I feel like, oh, I'm so deserving, but I do nothing to make it (laughs) or, or I feel like wildly unqualified, you know, it's like swinging either way. And this program has really helped me to say, okay, I'm going to draft I'm gonna drop the worksheet, I'm gonna set aside, I'm gonna look at it again, I'm gonna share it with my sponsor. But that whole process of breaking things down into steps is something I understood, but didn't practice before. And the program has like really, really helped me with that. So um, I, I feel a lot of gratitude for that because, and it has helped me say, so I'm gonna submit for this. I have no idea what's gonna happen, but it's important to me to give myself a shot you know, to give myself a shot. So, and I feel my higher power nudging me to do that. Um, yeah, I would say um, a big part of my recovery and my abstinence too is exper- is running experiments. So not necessarily with the food, but just like in my life. Um, right now I, we're preparing for a second baby feeling like I need some more help, you know? So what does that look like? Um, who can I reach out to? So I found a household assistant who's coming three hours a week and is helping with meals because I realized that that's eating like balanced meals is something that's really, really important to me and harder for me to make time for with a toddler. And that's, a, that's a time, best time and being pregnant. So anyway, um. I'm grateful to be here. I'm very grateful to be part of this program. Abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception. And I appreciate you letting me share.